Welcome to Good Enough-ish. I'm Amanda Jefferson. And I'm Brooke Forey. We are two organization-loving friends sharing tips, strategies, and real-life experiences and fails of trying to be good enough-ish. As busy, tired, flawed people attempting to keep it all together with some joy and fun in the mix. I own Indigo Organizing. I help busy people simplify their lives at home and at work. I help clients defrazzle, organize, and declutter one-on-one. I have a brand new online course called Organized Every Day, and I speak to groups about how to quit the shoulds and live more courageously. And I created the Balance Bound Planner and line of stationary products that help you get organized and prioritize self-care so you can be a better human for everyone and everything else in your life. Balance Bound exists under the umbrella of Curious & Company Creative, a boutique branding design firm that I co-own. You can find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish. And you can email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com with questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes. You can also support this podcast by joining our Patreon community at patreon.com slash goodenoughish. Now let's start the show. Let's do it. Brooke, we're going to be talking about some really hard-hitting topics. Really? Really hard. Really yeah. hard. And mm-hmm. I, I, want, I thought it was really important to start with something really hard-hitting, which mm. is laundry. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> we're just getting right to the heart of the matter. So laundry is one of those things, you know, my clients deal with it a lot. And it's hard because we treat laundry, it's like I hate laundry. It's one big thing. But laundry is lots of different small little pieces, lots of small steps. There's a lot that goes into laundry. So I think there's so much benefit to dissecting it and figuring out, okay, what the heck's going on with the laundry? Yeah. I- Tell me, how do you handle laundry in your household? Do you guys, do you divide and conquer? Everybody does their own? Yeah, because we've talked about this, the whole shared basket, not shared basket. The current strategy is everybody has their own basket. So I like that because I don't have to deal with all the sorting. So my husband has his own basket, I have my own basket, and my daughter has her own basket. And so that way, when I'm doing laundry, I'm like, okay, I'm doing his stuff. I'm doing my stuff. I'm doing her stuff. And I'm not like, because I, I used to hate one of the aspects of laundry that I used to hate was the sorting. Mm-hmm. Is this is boxer shorts? Is this my underwear? Is this her sock? And the other benefit that I like about this is that if I'm like, okay, Friday, it always creeps up on me, but Friday is, what is it called? Spirit day. So she's mm-hmm. got to wear her elementary school t-shirt and inevitably it's dirty. Of course. So if it were in a shared laundry basket, I'd be trying to, you know, pull everything out. But if it's just in her basket, much easier. Interesting. What what do you guys do over there? So I am the sole laundry doer in our house. My husband does dishes. I do the laundry. That's an agreement we've had since we moved in together 15 years ago. Okay. We used to each have our own basket. Well, we had a shared basket in our bedroom. And then my son had his own hamper and then my daughter had her own. I found that if I wasn't going into my kids' rooms that much, which sometimes I try to avoid because they're messy. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of gross. That laundry was piling up way too much. So I realized that if I put a shared hamper in the hallway for the two kids, it was in my face a lot more and I'm more likely to do it. So it does, of course, leave me with sorting after the fact. Yeah. After it's all washed. Yeah. 
But I found that it actually makes me do it because I see it in the, in our hallway. And we have a nice little corner that it kind of tucks into. So that works for us too. So it's a shared hamper for the kids and then a shared hamper for you guys? Yes. Okay. So it's kind of like a riff mm-hmm. on what, yeah. They're not all together in one hamper, which I think would be overwhelming. Right. But I do sometimes put my stuff in. You the throw sh- them all in together. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, I'm always sorting laundry. So now that you're telling me your solution, maybe thinking, I need to actually wash them separately. I think that's my biggest problem is that I still let things pile up over a couple of days. These people wear so many damn clothes. Yeah, they really do. It's really annoying. Luckily, um, my daughter doesn't. She'll wear the same outfit for three days and it's kind of nice. It's a little gross, but it's kind of nice. You know, <laughs> saves you time. I'm like, why do you guys keep wearing so many clothes? Yeah, I think that... I forget what I was going to say. Yeah. You're thinking of, you said you're, so you, you've been throwing them all in together, but you're thinking about maybe that you'll wash them separately now. Yeah. I tend to do laundry. You know, I let it go for a couple of days and then it it's piled up enough that I have to do three loads in a day. Mm. And then I just wait until all of those loads are washed, dump them out in a giant pile on my bed and then sort them. Everyone has their own corner. And then I do the KonMari folding, which you taught mm-hmm. me, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But that also means that no one else can help me fold because then I, I have to refold it because I don't like the way they folded it. Oh, so you have a bit of a control issue so, there. A, yeah. A little, yeah. <laughs> well, bet. It's, it's a theme in my life. So that's a difference too. And this is a hiccup that I find sometimes with my clients that we work through is the folding and the putting away. I fold and put away load per, per load because if I get three loads all piled up, it's a disaster and mm-hmm. I don't want to fold it. So I make a rule that I'm not allowed, and it's not necessarily efficient, right? Because the first load could have, you know, my husband's boxer shorts and his t-shirts and I'm folding and I'm putting those away. And then the second load could also have my husband's t-shirts and boxers and then I'm putting those away. But mentally, I need to feel like, check, Mm -hmm. I did one load and I got it to completion. That way, if I don't get to the second load to fold it, it's not this huge, crazy mound. It's just one load. Mm -hmm. That's been helpful too. It's smart. I, you know, there's several smarter things <laughs> no. that I could be doing with laundry. It's still, even though I am grateful for the um, setup that my husband and I have, I always do the laundry. He always does the dishes because I really loathe the dishes, like really. And we don't have a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, it's a whole thing. But yeah, I still, I still curse the laundry when it's in a pile on my bed. And you know, we don't have a really nice laundry room set up. So then it's on the bed. And then I realized that I haven't folded it, but it's been in a pile on the bed all day. And I need to either put it back in the basket, which I've been known to do so we can go yes, to sleep. Correct. I've done that. Or yep. fold it. Yeah. But be mad about it because then I'm folding it, but not able to put it away in my kids' rooms because they're in bed. So yeah, I have some I have some things to work through with the laundry. You know, it's funny. We were joking earlier that it's, you know, we're starting with these hard-hitting topics. But what I find is that, and I think so much of the stuff that we're going to talk about in our new podcast is all about what causes friction in everyday life. Mm -hmm. And whether you're talking to a CEO of a big company or just your everyday, laundry always causes a lot of friction. I know some of my clients, you know, relatively happy marriage, but she's she literally threw her husband's clothes out the window while screaming, I'm not your mama. 
And I'm not going to fold and put away your clothes anymore. Like that happens. Why don't we have her on this podcast right now? We, she's hysterical. We, we need, need to, to have her, her on this podcast. And it causes a lot of tension mm -hmm. and it can cause a lot of resentment, especially because it does tend to be the women who are doing the laundry. And it just, when it feels out of control, it, it can cause just a lot of resentment. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. And I mean, with us, you know, we run into that because our agreement, laundry, dishes, we have our separate setups. But if my husband has had a few, you know, long days at work and maybe the dishes are getting a little neglected, but I'm staying on top of my laundry, you know, it, there's always ways for those household tasks to build a little bit of resentment, no matter how organized you try to be with it. Yeah. There's always going to be that friction. And I think that's a huge part of, again, why we wanted to do this podcast was because even as organized people, you know, you are a professional organizer. I created a planner that we have certain things that we love to keep organized. We are not perfect. You know, we no. still have this friction in our homes and we still have trouble doing these tasks because adulting is hard and it's yes. not fun. And there's things that, you know, even if you have someone helping in your household or you have cleaners, you know, I, I don't know because we don't have house cleaners, but I think most house cleaners don't do laundry. No, or, but they change sheets, which is life-changing. Life that is life-changing. We just hired some cleaners again after a hiatus and life-changing. They come every two weeks and, oh my gosh, they change your sheets, which is just one of those things that is like... Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I let our sheets go, <laughs> go way too long. Exactly. Because of the laundry. Yes. Because of the laundry. Yes. And with our, also, we live in a house that's old and our washer and dryer are not very huge. Yeah. So that creates a whole other thing with a single full washer load needs to be split into two dryer loads in our house, which ah, is really annoying. That's a lot of friction. But we physically cannot get a larger dryer down the stairs into our basement. So yeah, it's all those little things that add up. And and I mean, believe me, there's part of me that wants to add up the hours of my life that have been spent doing two dryer loads instead of one in, in all the years we've lived in this house. But, you know the better solution is probably just to come up with more efficient ways to be tackling our laundry. And and one of the things that I do, you know, our planners are one of the big themes is um, allowing you to create more time for self-care. And I've been trying to integrate a little self-care into something that I don't like, which is laundry. Mm. By, you know, I usually have a podcast yes. at the ready to listen to. You're so to. good at listening to podcasts when you do housework. I yes. try. because Or an audio book. Recently listened to We Should All Be Millionaires, which oh, you and I, so good. it's become our Bible and we're we going to talk about it. We will. Yes. This podcast is going, <laughs> it's going to make us millionaires. But, you know, I do try to integrate something joyful that I look forward yes. to with the menial task of laundry. Yes. And that's important. It's so important. One of my favorite blog posts that I did earlier on was called Me and Ray LaMontagne Do the Dishes. I remember that. And, you know, I love Ray LaMontagne. He's so dreamy. My husband was amazing. He took me to a concert knowing that he was just going to basically sit there and watch me look dreamy-eyed at this man for two hours. But he took me there for my birthday or anniversary. I can't remember. Anyway, so whenever I'm about to do the dishes, I just say like, okay, Google, 
play by Lamontine. And it, usually I don't get through two songs before the dishes are done. And I'm singing and this man is serenading me. And you get all kind of mindful. You feel the bubbles on your hand and the warmth and then it's done, you know, or you could just sit there and grumble about all oh, the dishes. So I love that. I love yeah. making it more joyful. I do still grumble while I listen <laughs> To my podcast. Maybe you should books, listen to Ray because I maybe. feel like it's impossible to listen to him and grumble. See, it's funny. I've always been someone who listens to a lot of music, but there's something that doesn't make me feel as productive. I mm. think part of part of why I love podcasts and audiobooks, particularly when I'm doing something like laundry that feels like it's taking my time away from productivity, which is yes. an issue I have. Mm -hmm. I'm a I'm a type A person who likes to be doing things and being productive. So if I'm listening to a podcast or audiobook that I'm learning from, yeah. it makes me feel productive in my personal growth while I'm doing my KonMari folds yes. of my son's t-shirts. Yes. You know? Yeah. I think I think one uh, that's something that you and I have in common is that we feel like we always have to be being productive. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the, the Ray LaMontagne and the dishes is one of the only kind of opportunities that I give myself to take off the productivity hat and just sing while you're doing the dishes. And uh, yeah, and it's a nice boost. Mm -hmm. It's a nice boost. Also, I think I'm a visual learner and I feel like if I'm listening to a podcast or an audio book while I'm doing the dishes, I kind of miss a lot of stuff. I'm like, yeah. what did they say? I just miss it. One more thing I want to share about laundry, though, that I love. One of my friends shared with me recently that's awesome. She has four kids, which I can't imagine. I have one and I'm completely overwhelmed. Anyway, she has four and they each have their laundry days. So they each have their own laundry basket. And then so one of them say has Mondays. And so Mondays before school, if they want her to put it in the dryer and fold it for them, they have to have it in the washing machine. I know your eyes, your well, I know she runs a ship. She runs a well-oiled machine over there. They have to put their laundry in the washer and start it, say Monday morning, and then they go off to school. And then while they're at school, she will put it in the dryer, fold it for them, and then leave it in the basket. And then they take that basket and they go upstairs to their room and they're responsible for putting it away. If you miss your window if you didn't come down Monday you missed it cool. so either you have to do it yourself or you got to wait till next Monday that is intense how old are her kids because I feel like I could do that with my nine-year-old but yeah. probably not the six-year-old let's see they range from um to 14 to Six, maybe? Okay. Yeah. And the six-year-old is doing this? Yeah. We actually used to have, I used to have Isabel do her laundry. <laughs> we have pictures of her in the bin. This is a, not a front loading, it's a top loading. And like her feet are up in the air. Oh my. Because she's trying to reach the thing at the very bottom. So I was on a kick. I actually learned that from my client, the one that th threw her husband's uh, laundry out the window and said, I'm not your mama. She was really encouraging me to get Isabel to do her laundry. And I, I want to get back to that. Yeah. I want to get I think back it's, to that. I mean, it's been hard with, you know, COVID. It disrupted our lives in so many ways. And like a lot of those routines that we had before, if something was tied to do this before you go to school in the morning, you know, for quite a while there, nobody was leaving the house for school. And I know that for us, we got out of a lot of those little routines. And it's been two years and we should certainly be back in them. But yeah, I think it's kind of retraining everyone 
to get into some of those routines. But I really like that idea. I think mm-hmm. my son could definitely do that. Um, and he's a bit more of a self-starter. So if I tell him something once, he will probably remind me on Monday mornings, oh, mommy, it's oh, my laundry day. Angel. I know. He's so good. And then there's my daughter who probably <laughs> will just whine about it. But that's okay because she's six and that's what six-year-olds do. But right. but I think I could start with him. I actually just the other day showed him how I do laundry, mostly because I was trying to get him to leave his sister alone. And But yeah. I was like, you're nine. You should really learn how to do this because I did not do my own laundry until I went to college. I know. I know. <laughs> I think we coddle them too much. I definitely yeah. coddle her too much. And I think what this particular mom, my friend, is really good at and has always been good at is natural consequences. Yeah. You missed your laundry day. Therefore, you're not going to have clean underwear or your spirit shirt for Friday or whatever it is. And you're going to have to deal with that. And she's very good at that. I think for me, I have a hard time putting pushing past the whining. But I bet Graham would be really good at it. And I bet he would be good at the folding too. Yeah. If you could get him. He has helped me with the, the folding before. Yeah. It's kind of relaxing for them, right? It is. It's, yeah. And, and we turn it into some connection time. You know, he'll fold his laundry while I'm folding mine or his little sister's. And, you know, it's just time to chit chat and he feels like he's being helpful. And yeah. So I think we need to get back to that. Yeah. And what I like about her strategy, too, is that she's not having them do the whole thing. All they really have to do is put it in and then she she kind of meets them halfway. Yeah. I'll transfer it to the dryer and I'll fold it. And that's what I love, too. When I talk with my clients, we have these monthly Q&A calls with the people that take my course. And we talk about this kind of stuff all the time. And so somebody will say, I hate laundry. But like I was saying at the beginning, let's chunk that down. Mm -hmm. And so we walked through, okay, you know, this happens and then this happens and this happens. And she said, what it is is I hate putting my laundry away. My husband says whatever. And so then you can drill down to, okay, what specifically is the problem? And then you can kind of problem solve around that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you're a little bit of a control freak about the folding, you can take control of that situation or that step of the process. Right. But like she's doing, she's making them responsible for physically putting it in the washer, which is sometimes just half the battle, just getting it. At least in our case, it's in our basement. Bedrooms are on the second floor. So, you know, just the process of getting it down there, just getting started. Yeah. One last question about laundry. What is your sock system, the orphaned sock system? (sighs) That's a great question. I really don't have one. So Just to set the bar really low. You know, let me start this by saying that I really, you know, I love Target. I I have a great relationship with Target. Yeah. I specifically buy my son the same set of socks from their smart target line because Mm -hmm. they all look exactly the same. Perfect. And then when I see some are getting a little, you know, grungy, dirty looking, I just throw them in the trash and, you know. But we really don't run into the orphan sock problem as much with him. But let me tell you what Target did that really made me mad. No, what did they do? They changed it. They They didn't sell it anymore. I ordered some and did like the um, curbside pickup, which I love. And I got him two new packs of socks because baseball season's coming up. He needed some fresh, clean socks. But they're no longer all the same in the pack. There's 10 pairs. What? Five of them were the white with the gray toe and the heel. And then the other five were were all white. That's not helpful. It's not. And he won't care if he wears one gray and one white. Wait, I have a question. Yes. Five are white? 
And five, five, five pairs. Okay, so I was gonna say, wait a second, the math doesn't work like, out. No, that's really infuriating. <laughs> that's really infuriating. But I was like, come on, Target. We had an no. agreement yeah. that I would just keep buying these socks, so they all had the gray toe and heel, whatever that's called. Just gray heel. I don't know. Is there a specific term for those kinds no. of socks? No. Okay. But now half that come in the pack are all solid white. So it's fine. My son will not know the difference, but I will know the difference when I'm doing his laundry. Maybe this is another reason why he needs to do his own. I will know the difference when there's like one plain white and then there's another white with gray that have to go together. So that's one more thing. It is. It's one more thing. So it's fine. His socks are always the easiest. Girl socks, of course, are a little different. At least for my daughter, because she has she has big opinions about what she's going to be wearing, and <laughs> there needs to be colors and prints involved. So I usually get her the packs with all different Narwhals colors and unicorns, yes. and you know all the things. So I do try to match them up. Any orphan socks just go. I have a little bin in her one drawer where all of the paired socks go, uh-huh. and then the ones that are orphans I just tuck behind that. So if I eventually find its partner, I know where to look. So for you it. are putting the orphan socks with the person sock. You don't have one central orphan sock location. No. See, I think that's where I'm going wrong. I have a central orphan sock location, mm. and I need to have everybody's orphan socks in their sock drawer. Exactly. I think that would be a lot easier. They're separate from the socks that are paired up together. But they're in there so that when I find the other orphan likely in the next load of laundry because things are a mess, I know where to look for its partner. You've also got me a little bit distracted because I'm realizing that I am not buying new white socks and I'm letting my daughter continue to wear gross socks. I've actually just written down, I'm looking at my husband, he's our producer, and I'm realizing that we're letting our daughter wear really gross socks and we need to get new white socks. I think maybe I'm going to delegate that. I'm going to put, I'm going to put Fernando on sock duty. There you go. It's on your to-do list for this weekend. Well, why don't we take a break and we'll come back in a couple of minutes to introduce a new segment. Sounds good. You're listening to the Good Enough-ish podcast with Amanda Jefferson and Brooke Forey. Visit goodenoughish.com for show notes with information from each episode, as well as links to all the places where you can find us on the internet. Now back to the show. We're back, Brooke. We're back. Okay. I'm super excited for our segment about do your future self a favor. But before we get to that, I really want to share a little something that's sparking joy for me right now. What's sparking joy for you, Amanda? Okay. So at the time that we're recording this, it's just spring starting. And I actually had a big photo shoot on Monday. So I wanted to look a little bit more fresh faced. Mm -hmm. And so I found these drops and they are called Soul by Jergens. It's at Target, Brooke. Don't worry. I mean, I still love you, Target. Yeah. Don't it's, worry. It's at Target. Soul by Jergens Deeper by the Drop Face and Body Serum Self-Tanning Drops. Not an ad. Just love them. <laughs> we do not have advertisers. We do advertisers not have advertisers yet. <laughs> but Soul, if you're listening. So anyway, Jergens, if you're listening. So it's pretty great because on the back, it tells you... Do zero to three drops if you're looking for light, you know, three to six, medium, et cetera. And so I've just been putting two or three tiny little drops in my moisturizer, both in the morning and at night. 
I thought I was getting a little bit of a glow. You this morning didn't really seem to validate that. So maybe I need to go a little heavier on the drops. I didn't want to go too far because of the photo shoot. I didn't want to be orange. Listen, don't take it personally. I just was trying to give you my honest feedback. (laughs) And listen, I I haven't seen you in a couple weeks, maybe. So, you know, I don't usually track the tone of your skin. (laughs) But yeah, I will say I am super diligent about sunscreen year round. Yeah. But it does mean that I am often very, very pale. Yeah. And I've heard about these drops, I believe, on Forever 35, my favorite podcast. Mm, so good. Um, and I have been intrigued by them too, just to give that little bit of glow that's yeah. not makeup because I don't use really anything other than a little bit of tinted moisturizer and blush to give my face a little color. But yeah, I could use a little little spring summer glow at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Little pick me up. Okay. I get really dark circles. And so I feel, but they look a lot better in the summertime. If I can give myself a little bit of a, a little bit more of a glow, then that helps with those dark circles. So right. I feel like I'm going to pump up the volume a little bit, Brooke. I'm going <laughs> to add some more drops. And then the next time that I see you, I would appreciate some positive, positive feedback. I will make sure. I'm not sure. asking you to lie. Mm. But you are, though. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure they work and they work so well that I will notice the next I'm going to increase. I'm going to increase the quantity. OK. All right. I'll All keep right, you keep posted. Me yeah. Should we talk about doing your future self a favor? I love yes. this. I love this, too. And it was one of the first when we first started talking about this podcast a year ago. It's been a full year yes. since this has been in the works. And we had so many ideas and I've just been jotting them down for so long because there's so many little things. Yes that we can do just to help our future selves out. So what does that mean for you? What's something What's something that you are doing or could be doing to make your life a little easier tomorrow? Yeah, this segment is going to be so much fun because there's a million things that mm-hmm. you can do. So we literally have a million episodes that we could talk about. But for example, this week was a crazy week. I'm, I'm a teacher for KonMari, which means I train incoming classes of students. And this week I was teaching a West Coast evening class, which meant I was up really, really late for three nights in a row. I didn't do my future self a favor this morning. And I wish I had last night. I wish I had, you know, got, you know, because you and I were meeting here. I needed my laptop. I needed certain headphones. I needed, it would have been so nice if I had just put everything in a bag the night before, maybe even picked out my outfit, maybe even taken a shower last night. So I didn't have to do that this morning. Some mornings when I'm really on my A game and I know I have to rush out the door, I might even have my coffee cup with a tea bag in it sitting next to a teapot full of water that I literally have to push a button on. And in that morning, you're like, oh, thank you, past self. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for doing all of this. Versus what this morning looked like, (laughs) which was no favors to my future self and me running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And that just doesn't set like a good tone in the morning. Yeah. I think you had a better morning than I did. So listen, let me just start by saying I'm not a morning person. I'm usually not. And I rarely- Which is why this is so impressive, what you're about ready to say. So once a week, I've been getting myself to a 6 a.m. boot camp class, Mm. which listen, I don't usually roll out about until closer to eight o'clock on a school day when my kids are like, can I have breakfast now? And, (laughs) you know, we walk out the door for school at 8.35. We live right down the street. So mornings are pretty slow usually in our house. But the night before- I sign up for this boot camp class. I can't miss the class because if I do, I'll be charged for it. Mm, so money's always a little motivator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, accountability. And, you know, it just it forces me to um, 
just commit to myself, my health. But anyway, so the night before those classes, I always get my clothes out, ready to go. I put my sneakers by our back door, yes. which is the car, the door where I go out to get to my car. Perfect. I have them already untied so I Whoa. can just slip my feet in and tie them next level. rather than having to untie from yesterday and then tie them up. Next mm-hmm. level. That's next level. And I also already have my water bottle full because getting the filtered water from my fridge takes about seven minutes <laughs> <laughs> to fill up my giant water bottle. You know how it comes out like a trickle? A trickle. Yeah. Yeah. So I filled that up last night and had my little bag with my keys and everything and jacket ready to go. So good. So my alarm went off at 525. I somehow hit snooze. I don't remember. So at 534, it goes off again. And I'm like, okay, I got to get moving. But because I had done those things for my future self the night before, so good. I was ready to go. I was still the last one to walk in for the 6 a.m. class made it. at 5.59. You made it. But I didn't feel frazzled. Yes. Yeah. So doing those little future future favors to myself, yes. whatever. Yeah, it's a you know, twister. You know what I mean. Yep. Doing those little things the night before, even though sometimes I'm tired and I don't want to do it, sometimes it only takes five minutes. Well, yeah. And also you're much more likely to do it, I feel like, because you're so, when you wake up, even your groggy self realized, well, I did all that work to get ready. Yeah. I might as well just go. It exactly. would feel like we, like we are productivity junkies. We don't like to waste our time. Mm-hmm. And you would feel frustrated if you feel like you wasted your time doing all that and then you didn't actually get to the class. Exactly. The other thing that I like about what you said, because, you know, the title of this podcast is Good Enough-ish. You do this once a week. Exactly. I feel a lot of us are like, oh my God, I need to exercise. Okay. Three days a week. No, mm-hmm. you can just do it once a week. And that is the minimum effective dose. Yeah. And that feels great. The workout studio I go to, CFIT in Springfield. Shout out to them. Oh, so good. Springfield, Pennsylvania. Yeah. You introduced me in the pandemic yeah. to them and I did lots of their online classes. So good. And they have this morning boot camp class Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I think I tried one week to go to two and I was like, nope. Mm -mm, too much for me. Some people, it's great. They're up at 6 a.m. no matter what. I am not. I can reserve that one morning for myself. And it feels amazing by 7 a.m. when I'm back home. I've already got my workout in for the day, except this morning. You want to know what I did? What? This made me really mad. I forgot my Apple Watch. So it didn't track my workout, even though I know that doesn't matter. You could go in manually and add it. Okay. I know. I know. Yeah, that's. I've actually the had places, times when if my Apple Watch isn't tracking, I'm like, well, forget it. I'm not working out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this dumb technology has made us a little too dependent. But you know, just doing those things for myself and figuring out my limit. I love you. Always remind me of my minimum minimum effective dose. Yes. And for me, you know, I do still do several workouts a week, but just this one early morning is effective for me especially if I've had a week where maybe I've been a little more sedentary or I haven't been eating great. It's like, but you know what? I got up and did that 6 a.m. boot camp. Big and favor. that was something. Big yeah. favor to your future self. Yeah. Yeah. I love that phrase, the minimum effective dose. That comes from a book called The Sweet Spot by Dr. Christine Carter. Mm. And I refer to that all the time. I hope that in the uh, progression of this podcast, we can solve my exercise problem. And you may inspire me to do that because my husband, our producer, he knows about once every three months, I tell him I'm going to do yoga in the morning. And then I do yoga in the morning for approximately three days. Mm -hmm. And then I never do it again. Maybe yoga isn't your thing then. 
Are you trying to tell yourself that yoga is your thing? You know, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to problem solve that during this podcast because I want to be a person who exercises. I am not currently. I am a person who exercises very sporadically. And it took me years to be. This is the first workout regimen that I've stuck with. I've now stuck with CFIT for five years. I know. You're so good. Which is five or six times longer than any other thing because I finally just found the thing. I You found I, the thing. I found the thing yeah. that works for me. It's not going to work for everyone. But yeah, I love dance cardio and that's what they offer the most out of the most of yeah. in all their offerings. And I feel excited to go. Yes. Whereas I used to dread yes. a workout. And it, it just makes a huge difference. Yeah, to my... you've made it a habit. This morning, I had a phone call with a friend of mine at 9 a.m. And as soon as she logged onto the Zoom, I was like, wow, you look amazing. She's like, I worked out this morning. I feel amazing. Mm-hmm. So I need to get to that place where you get addicted to it. Yeah. And I think for me, it, it was so much more about just realizing that it was self-care. It's, it's again, it's for my future self, not just for a number on the scale or, you know, a measurement of my waist. It's it's just for my overall well-being. Once I started yes. to connect exercise to my well-being and my happiness and realizing that it really sets the tone for my day or my mood or how I present myself to my family or my clients, that also helped to click. Yeah. When I wasn't so focused about yes. the quote-unquote results. Yes, Gretchen Rubin, who I'll quote a million times in our podcast because I love her. She always says, exercise for sanity, not vanity. Love that. She's so good at these little one-liners. I know. We're going to have lots of Gretchen Rubin run-liners. Good. Okay. We'll work on my extra. We'll we'll solve that problem. Episode two. So Yeah. (laughs) So that is the favor that you want to do to your future self. Think about the night before, especially if you have a busy morning. What can you do? Like all the way down to unlacing your sneakers. Mm -hmm. Because that extra 30 seconds it would have taken me to do it probably would have made me late to the yes, class because that's how close friction. I got it. You eliminated as much friction as possible. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Good Enough-ish. We will be back each week with new topics, stories, tips, and personal experiences, as well as some good old friendly banter and lots of laughter. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish. Or email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com. You can also support this podcast by joining our Patreon community at patreon.com slash goodenoughish. Thanks for listening. Bye.